Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we will unlock the book How the Mind Works. From the 1950s to the 1980s, countless science fiction movies reflected a public fear that robots would one day become too intelligent and powerful, resulting in them rebelling against human beings. Science fiction writer Isaac Asimov once proposed the famous three laws of robotics in his short story Runaround. The three laws are as follows. First, a robot may not injure a human being, or through an action allow a human being to come to harm. Second, a robot must obey orders given it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Third, a robot must protect its own existence, as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. Over time, however, this fear has unexpectedly abated. People are beginning to understand that malicious crime, much like vision, motion coordination and common sense, does not come naturally to artificial intelligence but requires programming. When examining ourselves, we will find that every function is based on very complex programming. This includes our vision, actions, common sense, violence, morality, and ability to love. Computers lack the complex minds of human beings. According to Pinker, the mind is a system of organs of computation. It is the result of natural selection, produced as our ancestors went through the process of overcoming the challenges to survival. In other words, the mind is not the brain, but the result of the brain's actions. So, how exactly did our minds gain consciousness and evolve? What capabilities do we possess? This book How the Mind Works will take you on a journey to help you understand the science of the mind. The author of this book is Steven Pinker, a world-renowned linguist and cognitive psychologist. He is a professor of experimental psychology at Harvard University, and a celebrated TED speaker. Pinker has dedicated himself to studying children's language acquisition for many years. His book The Language Instinct appeared on the list of 100 best science books of the 20th century by the magazine Scientific American. Pinker once worked at Massachusetts Institute of Technology as a professor of psychology and eventually became director of the Center for Cognitive Neuroscience there. Pinker was twice listed on Foreign Policy Magazine's Top 100 Global Thinkers and was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World. Based on his research in psychology, sociology, biology, and other fields, Pinker deconstructs the fantastically complex design of the human mind. He also explains that the mind is the fundamental reason why humans were able to claim our place at the top of the biological food chain. This bookie will give you a detailed description of the mind through the exploration of two key areas. These include the origins of the mind and the mind's abilities. Let's examine them one by one. Behind all the human behaviors we take for granted, there is a fantastically complex design. As human beings, we run into engineering problems every day. Even the simple act of a four-year-old child following a request to put away their toys involves the use of much more precise mechanisms than that required by the moon landing. 
It is no exaggeration that all human behavior is the result of our mind's actions. Let's look at the first theory, the computational theory of mind. As we mentioned earlier, the mind is the result of the brain's actions. So, what special characteristic does the brain have that allows us to observe, think, feel, and act? This special ability is the act of information processing, which is also called computation. Computers were first programmed to simulate a hypothetical mental computer. Of course, our brains are much more complicated than computers. An essential concept for understanding the computational theory of mind is the computer metaphor. In the simplest terms, the human brain is comparable to a computer, and all human cognitive activities can be understood as a special kind of computation. This is essentially identical to a computer's computing principles, for the brain also relies on the process of information input, information processing, and information output. After external information is inputted, it is stored in the memory. Memory functions as an internal bulletin board. When various notifications are posted on the bulletin board, a background program will start to run and respond accordingly. Of course, during this process, the background program will also trigger additional notifications and proceed to post these notifications on the bulletin board, which will in turn trigger other background programs to run. After all external inputs have been processed, an output result will be obtained. This is how our minds are perceived to work, according to the computational theory of mind. So, why do we use the computational theory to explain how the mind works? The most typical basis for this theory is the existence of artificial intelligence. An important characteristic of artificial intelligence is mind computation. It has been proven that simple artificial intelligence functions can be achieved by installing external perceptrons on computers and setting internal algorithms. Our minds process information in the same way as artificial intelligence. In order for the mind to work, the brain needs to process information received in different forms to finally realize an output. The book introduces an experiment. Volunteers were asked to sit in front of a video screen on which pairs of letters flashed briefly. If the pair of letters were the same, such as AA, they were asked to press one button. If the letters were different, such as AB, they were asked to press another button. There was also an additional variable, sometimes the matching letters were both uppercase or lowercase, and sometimes one was uppercase and the other lowercase. In other words, the former were physically identical, and the latter were physically different. As it turned out, when the letters were identical, people pressed the buttons more quickly and accurately than when they were different. This might be because the participants treated the letters as visual forms, and could simply match them more quickly according to their physical characteristics. When the letters were physically different, the case conversion took an extra tenth of a second of reaction time. However, when the variable changed, so that the letters were no longer paired but appeared one after the other, the difference disappeared. The reaction time of the volunteers was the same, whether the letters were physically identical or different. Evidently, when compared with the previous experiment, the mind was able to automatically convert a visual representation into an alphabetic representation. Pinker points out that our minds have at least four major forms of representation, and the visual representation illustrated in this experiment is just one of them.
We can form stereo vision in the brain through our eyes. Although objects can only present two-dimensional images on the retina, with the help of details such as motion, shadow, and shape, we can construct a three-dimensional representation of the real world. Another example is the letter experiment we just mentioned, which showed us the process of filtering and processing information through vision. After our eyes receive new information, some of it will be discarded. The mind will then combine the remaining information with our existing experience to reassemble into new cognition. Pinker explained that, this is because the mind provides us with a cognitive framework for observing the world, which acts as a filter for what we see. Therefore, people with different mental models may have different feelings, or draw completely different conclusions, even when they observe the same thing. The second form is phonological representation. Its role in the mind is somewhat similar to playing an audio clip on a record player. Phonological representation relies heavily on short-term memory. A third form is grammatical representation, nouns and verbs, phrases and clauses, syllables, and so on, all arranged into hierarchical trees. The fourth form is mentalese, the language of thought in which our conceptual knowledge is processed. After listening to this bookie, you may forget almost everything about the wording, grammar, and intonation, but you will hopefully remember the core knowledge of this book. Mentalese will help you capture the content and gist of this bookie. Using the different commands input by these four mental representations, our brain will mobilize the mind for computation and processing, and finally respond accordingly. So, how did our mind come to manifest such sophisticated and delicate design? Where do our minds come from? We will find out in our next section, the theory of natural selection. The core idea of natural selection theory is that the human mind is the result of genetic evolution. Throughout billions of years of evolution, we have discarded useless genes, and passed on those that aid our survival and reproduction. The result is humankind's advanced and complex minds. In fact, the biological characteristics of all creatures are the result of natural selection. For example, the speed of cheetahs, the eyesight of eagles, and the scales of pangolins. Each species has evolved an information processing device and physical properties to solve its own problems. The natural selection process produced thousands of different evolutionary paths. The path taken by humans was somewhat different, because our genes have preserved and developed the weapon, that was most suitable for us, our minds. Why are the minds of humans more evolved than those of other animals? To respond, Pinker envisioned four factors. The first factor is vision. Compared to other animals, our vision is more three-dimensional, so we can more accurately calculate the distance between ourselves and prey. At the same time, we have transformed our sensitivity to color into a survival skill. For example, we know that the color of ripe fruits is very bright, and the color of rotten fruits is unpleasant. The second favorable factor is group living. A cluster of animals is more likely to be found by predators, but the likelihood that any one individual will be picked off is decreased. For example, in another bookie entitled What a Fish Knows, it is illustrated how a large school of fish has a high degree of consistency in a visual sense, which can confuse predators. As a result, it is difficult to catch prey from large schools of fish, 
such as sea bass, dogfish, and merritfish. At the same time, living together means there are more eyes, ears, and noses to detect predators, so they can recognize threats more quickly and easily. Another example, that we mentioned in our bookie Sapiens, a brief history of humankind, when a green monkey in a troop spots an eagle or a lion, it will immediately warn its companions, so that other green monkeys can quickly avoid danger. In addition to this, living together can improve foraging efficiency among animals. They can share and defend the surplus of food that competitors haven't found. Besides good vision and group living, the third requirement for intelligence is the hand. Why is this? Primates evolved in trees and have hands to grasp branches. Monkeys use all four limbs to run along the treetops, and chimpanzees use simple tools to dig out termites and bash nuts. It is because of the increased use of our hands that our bodies began to change the use of our arms, and eventually adopted upright posture. According to Darwin, three particularly important factors in human evolution are tool use, bipedalism, and hunting, all of which require the use of our hands. Hunting is the fourth defining factor in our intelligence. We all know that meat provides far more calories and nutrients than plants. This is especially true in winter, when there is typically a shortage of plants. To survive, humans needed to increase the proportion of meat in our diet through hunting. Additionally, by hunting in large numbers, males had a larger surplus of food to exchange with females for mating, and could give the remaining meat to their offspring. In this way, they were able to replicate their genes on a larger scale. Of course, no one knows for sure whether these four factors formed the basis for the ascent of human intelligence. However, Pinker asserts that these traits do explain why our ancestors were the only species out of 50 million to follow this evolutionary route. The following is what we want you to take away from this section, the evolution of the mind. First, our minds are not our brains, but our brain's actions. Second, we can use the computational theory of mind, and the theory of natural selection to explain the origin and evolution of the mind. The core belief of the computational theory of mind is that the human mind works in the same way as a computer. It interprets external information received by the brain through different representations, then processes it, and finally produces an output. Our minds have at least four major formats of representation, namely visual representation, phonological representation, grammatical representation, and mental ease. The key idea of natural selection theory is that the human mind is the result of genetic evolution. Four factors contributed to the evolution of the human mind, and they are vision, group living, hands, and hunting. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.